just ignore it. Because at home practicing, I was like this, and Todd's like, stop it. Uh, So I started actually planning this about two or three weeks ago, but it's a topic that's been in my heart for a while, and it's about having unwavering faith. And the funny thing is, when I started writing this and typing it all up, I had Todd continue to read them every edit I made. He had to read the whole thing. And he's like, Michelle, it says, even if, and it says, unwavering faith. You are wavering, you know, pick a lane and go for it. And I was like, okay, here we go. Um, God's word speaks highly of those who had faith. Faith is mentioned in the Bible. In the King James Version, it's over 300 times. It's almost 350 times. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's known as the Hall of Faith. I like to call it the Faith Hall of Fame because there are some really heavy hitters in there that we can learn about how to have a strong faith. So um, when you learn to have an unwavering faith, it means that you're always going to trust in the Lord no matter what. You're never going to question his decisions. You're going to be standing on his promises. You're going to go with his plan, even though it wasn't your plan. You're going to understand that he loves you no matter what you're going through. Um, When you have an understanding that even if, God is good. And if not, God is good. It doesn't matter what direction he takes you. It's going to be good. In Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And that's actually talking about Abraham, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. Abraham knew God was faithful, so he did whatever he was told. He was willing to go sacrifice his son because he knew God was going to take care of it. And I'm here to tell you, I'm saying... My faith probably would have been like, are you sure, God? Because I don't think I'm hearing you right. Um, Unwavering and wavering. We're going to go into those definitions. Unwavering means you're strong, steady, steadfast, resolute, firm, unshakable. I've been shaken a few times in my life. Everybody has. Wavering is becoming weaker, faltering, undecided, and double-minded. And double-minded means a lot to me, and I'll probably cry right here. The first time I heard it was from Pastor. We were, it was in 2005, and we were at a hospital in Louisiana with my mom. Pastor Angela and Good Luck came out there to us, and they spent time with us. And I said, this is what I want, or this. And he was like, mm, no, that's not what you want. You want this, because that's a double-minded prayer the first time I had ever heard that but it stuck with me and then he preached on it several more times you know over the years so whenever I think of being double-minded you're thinking that that you're wavering so you have to you have to think about that John 1633 um hang on just a second it says these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. A lot of us have been taught or have thought that, hey, we're Christians. When you're a Christian, everything's going to go smooth because God's going to, you know, he's ordering our steps. Everything's great. 
But he clearly says right here, I mean, this is Jesus talking. This is the red letters. You're going to have tribulation. That means you're not going to have it always easy. You are going to have some things easy, but you're definitely going to go through some tribulation. Um, I call those divine interruptions along the way. He allows us to have some things that's going to grow us, right? But when once we start building our faith, we realize we have an optimism about us that maybe other people don't have. That when everything comes around you and starts getting you, you don't have to allow yourself to be discouraged. It doesn't have to overwhelm you. Um, it doesn't have to get the better of you. Uh, Tom and Todd at our office, I work for my husband, and him and his partner talk a lot, and they're both of the same mindset. So sometimes we have days of negativity, and I get to come in and say, no, stop it. This is where we're going to go with it, and I'll start you know, speaking life and scripture and this, and sometimes Tom's like, yeah, that, that's my girl, and gives me a fist bump, and other times he's like, that's just your personality. That's not how we are, and I'm like... My personality is to be like Elijah. I can come over here and say, this is my God, and he's going to burn everything up, and he's going to bring the fire, and yours is fake. And then I'm going to run into a cave because I have another battle that comes to me and starts chasing me named Jezebel. So I'm going to go hide in a cave over here, and I'm going to wait until he sends me a friend, and he's going to comfort me, and he's going to let me take a nap and have a snack and make it all better and go back. That's really my personality. It's not always optimistic. I strive to have that. Um, so we have to realize that God sees what we can't. He sees this big picture. You know, we see like a microscopic little piece right here, and he's got this this whole thing. Um, there was one time I was praying. I, w I prayed all of my daughter's boyfriends away, every one of them. <laughs> Every one of them. I was just like, God, nope, not this one. God, nope, not this one. And then Cody gets here, and I'm like, God, I'm in my bedroom, and I've got my Bible, and, and I'm just like, nope, not this one. And I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, he stood right there and got his little finger and said, you don't know what you're praying. You don't see the big picture. You need to stop praying like that. Got my attention real quick. And then I had to say, Okay, God, please forgive me for trying to pray away, Cody, because that's not the right thing to do. And then I started praying over their relationship. They've been married 14 years. They have three kids. Everything's great. God knows what he's doing. So I had to trust when he told me, you don't see the big picture, to let it go. Because he knows better than I do. I have grown a lot stronger in my faith in the last couple of years, but I'm going to go back to 2005 when it first really started growing. 2005 was a horrendous year for us, the beginning of it, the end of it, okay. But. So in 2005, my mom passed away. We lost our home, everything we owned pretty much, all the cars, everything. We had nothing. We were going to be homeless. I had four children, no job, no nothing. We had nothing. And um, so we were going to go live in a garage of some people we kind of sort of knew from the church we were going to. It's kind of scary, right? 
you're going to have six people in a garage and you don't even know the people very well that you're going to go live with. So the day came that we were supposed to be moving out of this home that we had lost, extenuating circumstances that it's not necessary to talk about. Because the same day, while everybody at the church is packing up my home and taking it to a storage, a friend called and said, hey, I hear y'all are having a hard time. I have a house that you can move into. I'm not going to charge you a deposit. I'm going to just let y'all go ahead and move in. Just meet me over there, and I'll give you the keys. I called Todd, and I told him, and they loaded up from a storage unit everything that we owned that we were able to put in there and brought it to the house. They moved me twice in one day. That's a God thing. That builds your faith. That's one of those things he's famous for, right? Um, We started attending this church that year after Mom died. We started... We started coming over here because we didn't want Dad to be alone when he would come home. Theresa was always in the booth, even then. That's a long time, Theresa. And, uh, and so we would come over here, and then it only took two or three times, and we, we stayed here and got involved in the church. This church believes in prayer, and this church completely, 100%, had faith like I had never seen before. Pastor and Angela, they, they walked the walk. They talked the talk. You couldn't help but grow your faith sitting in here, right? So that's kind of I'm building up to now. We're getting into where we're going to go with how do we get unwavering faith. His word is so full of people of faith. I'm going to concentrate on some women. There's Sarah, Deborah, Ruth, Hannah. Uh, I'll tell you what. Deborah was, like, amazing. She's one of my favorite people. Um, Abigail, Esther, Elizabeth, Mary, the mother of Jesus, because let me tell you something, that chick at 14 or whatever, however old she was, I'm just saying, I hope to aspire to that kind of faith. Um, So I'm going to start with Sarah. Sarah's old. She had given up having kids. She was like, okay. Even along the way, she decided, hey, I think I'm going to fix it. Abraham, you can give me a son through her. How'd that go? About the way, I'm just saying, do we ever try to help God and then let it kind of blow up and then he's got to come along and fix everything? Yeah, that's what she did. But in Genesis 18, 9 through 15, there's some guys there meeting with Abraham. And where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, well, she's here in the tent behind me. Well, he says, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Now, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old. They were too old for kids, very advanced in their age. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also. I'm going to stop there for a second, because I would have been like, God, I get it. You're going to give me a baby now. Yay, I'm so excited. But could we have done this 30 years ago? I mean... That would have probably been my response. I would have still had the faith that everything was going to be okay. But why now? Why are we doing this now? That would have been my question. Um, so the Lord said, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? And this is the most important part. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's all through your Bible. There's nothing he cannot do for you. Nothing. 
And at the appointed time, I'll return to you and according to the life. And he says, so Sarah denies it, saying, oh, I didn't laugh, not me. No, no, my faith is strong. I did not do that. He calls her out and says, oh, yeah, you did. You laughed. But that's okay. You're still going to be mentioned in the hall of faith for your faith. That gives me peace because, you know what, there's going to be days that I'm going to be like laughing on the inside saying, God, are you sure? Um, But she still made it in that hall of faith. The next one is Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'm just saying she was very young. She was engaged. And in Luke 1, 30 to 38, 37, I'm not reading the whole thing. I just highlighted a couple of things. So I'm going to start in 30. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call him Jesus. And you go to verse 34, and she says, Okay, but how's it going to happen? I'm a virgin. I haven't been with a man. So I just, I just want some information. She's not doubting it. Her faith is still strong. She's just curious. And then you go down to 37, and he says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. So you have two women. You have an old woman and a young woman. And God says to both of them, nothing is impossible. I'm going to take care of it. You have one that has already passed all of her opportunities in life. She feels like everything that she was supposed to have done is behind her, and she has nothing left to give. And God says, nope, here you go. I'm giving you something. You have one who's probably thinking, I'm way too young and I don't know enough. And what about my family? And what about Joseph? What's he going to think? Because that that would have been me. As soon as they said this, I'd have been like, hey, Gabriel, (laughs) Joseph over here, what are you going to do? You going to go talk to him? Because I'm going to need some support here. You know what I mean? My faith would have been, yeah, we can do this. I need information. The Bible says, We don't necessarily need that information. We just need to trust God. And the way I look at that, too, was if you take these two women, what is it that you have in your life that you need to give birth to? What are you waiting for? Do you think you're too old like Sarah and that you have no purpose? Because that's not true. Do you think you're too young and you're not qualified? Because he qualifies you. It doesn't matter. My problem has always been, I know I'm supposed to be writing. I'm supposed to be writing a book. And I'm thinking, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Oh, I've had some of you totally support 100%. Yes, I cannot wait to read it. Yes, you're going to do this. Yes. And then I kind of falter back, right? So what is it that you're needing to birth? Everybody has something. God's given you a purpose in your life. What is it? One of my favorite responses from Jesus about faith is in the New American Standard Bible. I'm going to give you a little bit of the story, and then I'm just going to read his response. So in Mark 9, you have the disciples trying to cast out a demon of a young man, and they are not able to. Jesus shows up and asks the dad some questions, and the dad answers, well, if you could do this, this would help us. And he tells the story about how it has affected him his whole life. And Jesus' response to him was, if you can. Now, this is the only translation that has it where he says, if you can. But I love it because I'm thinking God probably sits up there and says, Michelle, 
you know I can do this. Why do you question it, right? If you can, God, I need this to happen. God, if this is your will, I want this to happen. And Jesus is sitting there going, if you can, do you not know who I am? I'm Jesus, the son of God. Why are you questioning this? And immediately the boy's father cries out and says, I do believe, help my unbelief. Um, The funny thing with that one is, that's been said a lot at my house the last two years. Todd has gone through a whole lot of stuff in the last couple of years. And one of his biggest things is, I do believe, help my unbelief. Almost daily, he had been saying that. And it actually has helped build his belief because that's what he's seeking to do. Without faith, there will always be a void that you can't fill. There will always be something missing that you cannot find. You can only find it when you find God. If you're not seeking God and you're not seeking his word and you are not looking for his direction, then it's not going to be there. Um, The past year and a half has been a little tough. Some of y'all know some of the details. It's been a very difficult time. 2005 and now are probably the two most difficult times I've had in my life. I don't know why. We all are going to have our ups and downs, right? So the past couple of years has been very, very difficult. Um, Not our first rodeo with having some difficult things. I'm sure y'all have had difficult things that you've had to deal with in life that, you know, this year has been great. This year, not so much. Then this year's back to being good because that's kind of how life goes to a degree, right? Um. I've called my friends, and I would talk to them about, hey, this is what's going on. I would text them, and I had asked some friends to pray for a specific thing last year, last spring, and the answer was no. So I texted the ladies and said, the answer is no. I was fine, even if God is good. He's got another plan. He's got another direction. I'm good. One of the ladies called me that night about it was a little bit later than she stays up, so I knew, I knew she was calling to check on me, and I was just, I just, I started crying before I ever even answered the phone. And we talked about it, and I cried, which is okay. God knew I was sad. That's fine. But I ended it with, but you know what? Since it didn't go this way, I'm going to go this direction. These are the steps I'm going to take. That was a no. Let's go over here. Because God always has something else for you. You don't have to stay where you are. It also doesn't mean that you don't get to get sad over it. It just don't stay there because he has somewhere else. Faith doesn't change anything around you, but it changes everything within you. It changes how you respond and react to the situations around you. If you have a strong faith, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have pain or that you're not going to walk through darkness. It means that he's going to be there to get you through it to the other side. Knowing that helps you have an unwavering faith. It's okay to go there sometimes as long as you're going there with him, right? A woman of faith has a relationship with God. In Genesis 3.8, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. He created us because he wanted to be with us. He wanted to talk to us. He wanted, he wanted to communicate. I mean, that's why we're here. Um, if we don't have a daily conversation with God, then you need, you need to. But it's very, very difficult when you have 
littles, you're working, uh, ministering in the church, you, you know, you've got, and life kind of starts getting overwhelming, right? I mean, I had four kids, y'all, so I'm just saying it was very difficult. And there were times I was like, I don't have time. I do not have time to be praying for an hour tonight or, you know, 30 minutes every morning or whatever the time frame that I feel like I have to pray because that's what I've been taught my whole life. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to pray where I am. I'm changing a dirty diaper. God, be with this kid for the rest of his life and all the things, right? I'm washing dishes. God, my mom needs a healing, right? Loading the laundry. God, be with my husband while he's at work today. Bring him home safe. Give him everything he needs while he's there. I took God with me everywhere I went. God and I, we are buds. I get to walk with him everywhere I go. He is my best friend. I take him with me. I don't pray I don't pray long eloquent prayers. I talk to him like I'm talking to you. I can call him up on the phone and just say, "Hey, what's going on?" and he's like, "Hey." And we talk. You have to make sure you listen. If you get in a conversation with somebody, Todd's terrible at this. He likes to overspeak people, especially me. And um so when you get in a conversation, and you do all the talking, and you never listen, that's not a conversation. That's just you talking. If the other person starts talking back, and you do a yeah, but, and you want to start over-talking them, right, you're not hearing them to understand anything, right? You're probably not even really listening. God, God wants us to listen, to understand what he's saying to us. That is having a relationship with God. To build your faith, you're going to have that relationship with him. A woman of faith has a belief in God's word. Romans 10:17. faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What do you do? I mean, every one of y'all know, because every one of y'all go to church here. You know what you do. You're going to go to church. You're going to listen to sermons. You're going to find music. You're going to read and study the word for yourself. If you don't understand the scripture, you're going to go find it, right? You're going to go, I mean, I use the blueletterbible.org because it's got like, all the concordances and it's got all the things so if you don't know what that scripture means you can go look it up and it will take you to all the different things it'll show you the hebrew and the greek and it'll do all the things and it's free why not edify yourself right so when you're finding your belief in god's word you feed your spirit full of the things he is famous for that's a song that has fed my spirit so much the last year and a half you know he gave sarah that baby He kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire. He kept the lions from eating Daniel, right? He kept us from being homeless and living in a car or somebody else's garage. What what has he done for you? This year alone for us, we have, last year I was like, hmm, I know we're going to be, I know we're going to be moving. And this year, when it got to be a year later, I'm like, we're moving, And I had everybody praying, this is what I want. I want this room for my grandkids. And I want my my laundry room to be able to hold the dog's crates. And I want this and I want this. Y'all pray in agreement. You know where we're living? In that house. That's where we're living. It was not easy. I could go down the whole road of everything that went wrong to get to where we were. But that's where we are because God made a way. So for me, that's one of the things he's famous for. I was driving to work. My only vehicle's engine blew up. Totally gone. 
We had to go buy a new car. It actually was the easiest thing we've ever done. Walked in, bought a car, walked out with it. In this car climate, when you can't find cars, we found a car. We found an affordable car that we could get on the spur of the moment. That's a God thing. That's something he's famous for. The car that the engine blew up, they had to replace it. Hyundai had to replace the engine. Didn't cost me a dime. I now have two Hyundais. I have a car for the first time in 30 years. I'm not having to give one to one of my kids. (laughs) I get a car. That's something he's famous for. Okay? Um, I mean, this this year, it just started rough. Todd's partner had a heart attack, things at the office, things at home. But how do we get through it? Paul and Silas got through being in prison by singing praises. The songs that we started with today, feed your spirit. Those were amazing songs. They feed your faith. They tell you that the battle is not going to be lost. Um, I have several songs right now that's just on my repeat, shall not want, famous for all the time. Um, and never lost a battle. Because you know what? He doesn't lose battles. He uses those battles to grow you. He wins the battles. And then he uses those battles to springboard you to where you're supposed to go. That does not make it easy. But it will build your faith. And if you realize that that battle was to build your faith to get you to your next level, you'll look back and say, wow, he was with me the whole time. I never, ever had to waver. That's amazing. A woman of faith has hope in the future. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Hope is built on faith. They work together. It's the anticipation that comes with believing something. You're believing something you cannot see. I don't see electricity, but I believe it's going to be on at my house. It's on here now. I believe gas is going to be coming into my house for my hot water heater, but I don't see the gas. Your faith, your faith is in a lot of different things, right? It's a peaceful assurance that you will see the glory of the Lord in your circumstances. You stay calm. Don't lose your hope because when you lose your hope, you lose your faith. Your doubts and unbelief, they start rising to the surface. When you let your doubts and unbelief start rising to the surface, then you start walking away. You start saying, well, maybe that scripture is not really what it said it was. Well, you know, God's not really doing what, what I thought he was supposed to do. And then you start going down that way and then you question his word and you just you walk away from the faith. You, you just lose your faith. You can't lose your hope because when you lose your hope, you lose your faith. Have you ever lost your hope and lost your faith? Because I have. Thank God for his mercy and grace. I mean, years ago, it was tough raising the littles and not knowing where things were going to go. And that time in 2005 when we thought we were going to be on the streets, let me tell you something. That was a broken Michelle at that very point in time. But his mercy and grace said, no, 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 here we go. Your, your hope is going to be, your faith is going to grow from this. And that's what he did. Even if we don't get the outcome we're praying for, don't falter because God is there. Even if it hurts, he's going to be there to comfort you. Even if you're walking through rough waters, he's going to carry you. Even if you're walking through fire, He is going to protect you. You're not going to get singed. There's not going to be a smell of smoke. He's got you. 
even if the direction changes, you just get into that lane. Todd is very, very difficult. When they made him partner for the company, and there's just two of them. We have five people in our, in our office. I mean, it's not like this a big, major company. But he took on, like, all the burden because nobody can lose their job and we can't lose it. And, oh, the projects aren't coming in or this isn't it. And so I am the sweet, loving wife going, what is wrong with you? Right? That was my first reaction. And then I was like, okay, so, Todd, here's the thing. We have, we have projects, okay? These are, what we, these are what our expectations are. This is what's going to come in. Oh, wait a minute. There's been a little bit of detour. Okay, here we go. We're in this lane now, God, even if, because God is going to provide. I don't care which lane you're in. Pick one and stay with God, because even if, God is good. So you just go that direction. How do you keep your faith strong? The people of faith in the Bible didn't look back at the negative. They passed down the scriptures to each other, and they focused on that. They believed that God's promises were true. They believed that he was a good God and he was faithful to his word. In Romans 4.21, it tells us that he became fully persuaded and convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That's Abraham. Are you totally 100% convinced and persuaded God is going to do what he's promised? I have some things that I'm holding him accountable to. God, you said this is what was going to happen. I am fully persuaded and convinced it's going to happen because he's a good God. I'm depending on him to make those things happen. I know this is going to happen. You, you are convinced of whatever you're looking at. Are you looking at your problems or are you looking at God? Are you looking at all the things over here, the stones? You have a mountain in front of you. You need to get to the top of this mountain. It's not moving this time. You're climbing it. But if you're concentrating on all the little stones around your feet to every little step you're going to take and you never look up the mountain, you're not going to get to the top. You're too busy looking at at the hindrances. You're too busy looking at the problems that are around you. You're not looking at him. Almost done. Last part, code words. For me, oh, I skipped a paragraph. There are some things that you can do in the natural to help your spiritual self. Get up every day and show up. Get up and move your body. Get some sunshine. Drink your water. Do the things, right? God gave us a body that we need to be able to take care of and do the things. We can control whether or not we want to stay depressed or get out of depression. If we want to be in faith or be out of faith, it's a choice you make. Um, you know, start a gratitude journal. Journal your, your prayers and the things that he's answered for you. Listen to music. All the way here, I was like, yeah, God, we're doing this. Woohoo! I'm not going to be nervous today. No, God. And that was me all the way here, Okay. Music feeds my spirit. I got you back there. It's going to get loud in here. Mari, yes. Oh, my gosh. If y'all haven't heard that song, it's awesome. Because you're bragging on God, and you're going to get loud about it. It's just, and you move. Um, Okay, so the last thing is code words. I use code words in my relationships. My daughter, when she was young, was a handful 
And she would come to me with things, and it was going to tick me off. And I was like, and then I would just explode. So we, we came up with the thing. You're going to say this code word because that way I know I'm about to get ticked so I can control myself. Because otherwise, we're not going to have a good relationship. So she'd come up, Mom, we'll just say banana. Mom, banana, and I'd have to go. Okay, bring it. Now I'm in a good place. I can listen. She'd say it. I might not be able to stay calm, depending on what it was. But most of the time, I'd say, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. With Todd and I, I have a code word. You're not always going to be in a place to have a conversation with your spouse at that moment about whatever y'all are going through. Sometimes you need to take a break from that topic. And mine is, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not done with him. I'm not done with the relationship. I'm not done with the conversation. But I am done for the moment. Because otherwise we're going to get into a big heated argument. Okay? So I just say I'm done. And he knows at that very moment, if I say I'm done, he's like, shh. He shuts it down because it's going to get ugly after that. And then after some time, we go back and we finish it. Um, I do the same thing with my spirit. When I know that I start wavering, oh, wait, I'm not sure. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Even if, then you are back to being strong, right? It is well with my soul. Use code words. You can tell when you start having some issues. You know when it's going to start taking you down. And all you have to do is, even if, even if I'm good, I can handle it right now. I can handle what I'm going through. You'll have to do it several times, but you'll get there. This is the last thing I'm going to leave you with. Zephaniah 3, 5. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no wrong. Morning by morning, he dispenses his justice. And every new day, he does not fail. Yet the unrighteous know no shame. This verse reminds us that God is righteous. He is just, and he never fails. And that's why we can have an unwavering faith. That was, that was so, so, so good. Thank you so much. Um, you know, Michelle and Todd, they're really great with relationships. And if there are any of you out there, they, they really do a lot in that area as a ministry. Um, they have a small group called What Really Matters that meets, and, and they work on relationships. They, um, and it's any kind of relationship, not just between a man and woman, but they teach you tools of um, how to make relationships better, whether it's mother-daughter, father-son, um, friends, 
your spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. But if that is speaking to anyone out there, if you feel like you would like some help um, in any kind of relationship that you have, you can contact us and um, we'll put you in touch with Michelle or go straight to her if you're here. But um, we thank you so much. We thank you for the relationship that you have with God and that you are buds and so close because um, that that just, you know, teaches us. He is always there. You can have that kind of relationship with him where you just go to him all the time. doesn't have to be just in the morning or just at night, uh, but we thank you so much for speaking. And um, after this, if you'd like to go to lunch at El Humidor, we'd love for you to come, get to know each other better. But I'll close this in prayer and thank all of you for coming. Father, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for uh, just the words that you gave to Michelle that she presented so perfectly, Lord. Um, Thank you for her heart to want to share and brag on you. And just for the message, God, that you are always here with us. You're always for us. And no matter what happens, you are good and you are faithful and you bring us through. And we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your love. I pray that you'd be with every woman here this week and that they would just see you in all things. And, uh, Father, that you'd bring us back here safely tomorrow for church. And um, we love you. I call every woman here blessed. And we thank you that we are surrounded by your shield of favor, God. We love you, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.